0: Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I'm Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about The Expanse, Season 1, Episode 5. It's called Back to the Butcher, which is one of the best references to Back to the Future I have ever heard in my life. Full spoilers for the episode, as always. And we were kind of right about this one, in the sense that obviously it had to take a bit of uh, a downtime. Yeah. Although amusingly I don't think you were right about them shying away from Holden and the, the space crew. If anything, we get more of them because there was nothing on earth.
1: Yeah, I, I, um, I was wrong. That, I, I'll say it. I was wrong on that one. I'm going to
0: cut I was wrong out there. I'm going to set it as my ringtone. I'm going to enjoy that <laughs> with uh, much love.
1: I, I feel like you're going to get that on one of those little playback recorders. Every time I say something, like, you go, look, and you just play it back at
0: me. <laughs> I need a soundboard. I, I just need, yeah. you know, I need, I need lots of free things recorded. Just hit them as I go. But this one, the the main bulk of this one was holding, you know, Nagata. The whole, you know, the survivors. The Martian didn't last very long. Lopez is already dead at the start of the episode, so he didn't make it for long. No. I did enjoy the uh, the you know the, the bubble of blood, you know, and the zero gravity hitting hitting the face. That was that was a nice What's little. What's not to love? It yeah, was just a simple little thing. But I like it. Oh, yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, but yeah, so it's it's them debating whether or not they should accept this because it was actually interesting in a really cool way where where um, Burton's on the chair, he's getting his legs fixed, and I
1: like how you can just see the bones sticking out as well.
0: The bones sticking out, and they use this thing that they've got like a spray thing that does it, but then like this like harness they put around it kind of like sucks in, yeah. and he's he's walking around like normal for the rest of the episode. So clearly they they're medical tech is pretty good and none of them are even doctors they just know how to use this it's simple enough to yeah he's like right so no one knows where we are no one knows we survived we survived both these ships we're transmissions
1: out here... off we're just floating yeah
0: we're just floating yeah the, the, you know the, the pilots like cloaked us so that no one can see us Kimel's done that and he's like well who sent us a message <laughs> down and, and there's a message like on the screen uh, and that sets up and it, actually because we spoke how last episode how it was interesting who fred johnson whose name we didn't know in the last episode but we, we've definitely learned it now he was we had seen him in episode one briefly and yes. he popped up again in the last episode for one scene and we noted that well this must be important why is he popping up now for one scene when it feels less relevant to everything else going on right now than anything else and now it's relevant <laughs> And, well I, I i think it was simple we need to remind the audience he exists before this message because yep. when the screen turns on and it's him we're like oh it's him oh this is interesting like yeah why, why is he reaching out we know he's with the opa but who you know more than that we see that he's intimidating but obviously throughout this episode we'd learn a lot more about his his actions and well yeah debating. but no nah, so the interest start really well and he offers them safe passage come to my station and uh, we'll let you in, whatever. And the yeah. team debate it. And Holden's like, well, we probably should go, because if we show up at a Mars station, we'll look terrorist, because we've survived these two ships, and there's not a single Martian alive to corroborate or story. verify
1: that, yeah. And and like they say, if they turn on their, their, their ID, as soon as that comes on, every Martian ship will know where they are. And it's like, okay, this isn't going to go well.
0: And if they make it to Ceres, because they can't turn stuff on... They'll just maybe shoot them out of, out of the sky. So, yeah. not, it's not actually the sky, it's space. But you know what I mean? Because they can't verify who's coming in. It's just like a rogue Martian ship. So, see how this problem. And a lot of the episode is them kind of debating on on the ship. And the Gat is against it. She seems to be really dead set against going with Fred Johnson. But uh, she, she eventually comes around to it. But there's, a, there's a, a little slice of life moments on here. They kind of slow down. And we see Holden find the kitchen. And he's like excited because there's coffee. Yeah. and just little things like that but they eventually decide to to go
1: yeah but obviously by the time they make this decision we get the idea of why it's such a conflicting choice because immediately I think it's the guy that brings up oh we know what he's like and what he's done and they go oh yeah but that was 10 years ago people change and it's like oh okay what 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 is this person
0: Well that's a good time to bring in the uh, the flashbacks that we get throughout this episode we get a flashback at this uh, this space station where yes. the workers are, are having a it started a protest but it turned into more of a, a kind of siege type situation in that they've taken over this the space station and they're, they've got demands and I actually I did recognize his voice I recognized Fred Johnson's voice over the comms because at one point they talked to the UN ship which is uh, yeah. trying to negotiate with them um, we get a sense that this father who's leading this sort of revolution if you will and his daughter and and to, obviously, when it became clear everyone on this ship was going to die, obviously I, I left this. But at first, I was like, "Oh, who's that girl? She, I bet she grew up to be someone that we know. She's just yeah. the perfect age. It's 11 years ago. It's just perfect. She'll she'll be in her yeah. to about 20 now." But that didn't come in past obviously. They set this up, and they even try and surrender. You know, after some debate, they surrender, and there's a lot of de- you know they they internally debate about, "Oh, we shouldn't surrender because of this." But the the main guy's like, nah, like." We have no weapons. We can't fight.
1: Yeah, it's like well, we got women and children. Like, yeah. what are we gonna
0: do? And interestingly, paralleling with what happened with Holden, which actually is one of the, the funnier points of the episode, is uh, Kamal actually gets a transmission of a, like just be a TV broadcast essentially from C-Res mm. or whatever, and they see this is them f- the, for the first time seeing all of the 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 hubbub on C-Res, and they see the whole remember the can with Holden's face like painted next to it
1: yeah and there's a lot of nice touches before this like obviously we see it there on the tv but you see it graffitied on the trains just in the background it's just everywhere if you look for it
0: i'm pretty sure we've been seeing it for like two or three episodes as well because the ways we've seen it we see we've seen like it was like this futuristic spray paint and i think it was the end of episode three we've seen this where the, the the kid was sort of almost lasering it onto the wall with this thing yeah um, but no, it's cool. it's cool that that's built up, so when he sees it, for us it's kind of oh, it's normal, we've been seeing that around, but for him it's like, oh crap. But yeah. it's the way they sort of like bring him onto the bridge. It's like, yeah, you didn't mention our names in that transmission, did you, or anything like that? It's like, no, why? <laughs> yeah. Here, you're famous.
1: But yeah, no. that should be fun for him.
0: It should be. But like I say, that parallels what happened in this flashback, because just before the ship gets blown up by the UN, we they send out this transmission saying, this is what we did to everyone. We've tried to surrender, but they're not listening to us. And it's like this last speaking you know, of... And I assume this got out? Because maybe, maybe maybe not. It's hard to tell.
1: It is hard to tell, because obviously it earns him the nickname.
0: The Butcher of Anderson Station. He earns him that nickname. Yeah, it's a pretty cool nickname, but it
1: doesn't really tell us whether or not the transmission got out. Because you could... Yeah.
0: He could get it for either way what i loved about it though is we, we see them all blow up in the ship and it cuts to this beautiful slow motion shot of the, the dad and his daughter floating in space with all the debris dead you know really really dark stuff and as the camera sort of like spins round and comes down to and yeah, not anderson's <laughs> it's the station uh, johnson standing out in a sort of walkway outside his ship in a suit with his mag boots on, just watching the destruction. And it comes up, that's when the caption comes up saying the nickname. Yeah.
1: I think that's a really big moment for him as well, because obviously he's just decimated this this ship full of people, but he has the guts to go and physically stand there and watch what he's done.
0: Yeah, and it, it, it makes you want the question, like, is this the, like, the him taking responsibility and the pride of him accepting what he's just done and watching what the repercussion of it, or is it him being gleeful? Like gleeful, yeah. yeah. Exactly. That is the only
1: word you can use for
0: that. You know, and I'm it...
1: not entirely sure which it's meant to be, but yeah. both are really interesting.
0: Yeah, if he's admiring his handiwork, then oh, help her crew. Yeah. <laughs> help them indeed. But the bit, actually, the best part about all this, though, is the actually transitions from that shot of him capturing comes up to his second message after they've like sent a confirmation saying, yeah, they're coming to him. And he's like, "Oh, we'll give you safe passage. You're safe here." I'm like, eh? <laughs> "I don't know if I trust yeah. you."
1: But this is the thing, because now we know what their dilemmas is Because they know all this. This is clearly public record. Because this is, a, they know this nickname and they know what he's done and they know to be afraid, perhaps.
0: Yeah. So, but it was a really good transition. It really set up the idea why they should be, and I think us not finding out exactly what he did until right before the moment where he says, "Oh, you'll be safe here. We welcome." You know.
1: Yeah, and it's also, at that point, we know they've accepted, so it's too late.
0: Yeah, yeah, so you have this just sinking feeling set in as it does the cut to him uh, replaying that message. So, yeah, that's the uh, stuff on the ship with the space crew. So the rest of the episode, of course, is with Miller on c and he's investigating, of course, Julie Still. <laughs> Very long-drawn-out investigation. But he does get somewhere in this episode, to an extent, because he, he tracks down a friend of hers. Yeah? Yeah, So someone who was closely... Like, and well, I say friend. I mean, he respected her because, we, we, once he interviews him, he talks about how she was determined and she was sacrificing herself. And, I say
1: friend, because there's not really a better term to to really describe it.
0: Is there? yeah, the closest thing we've found to one of her friends, anyway. Uh, this yeah. this far, but it, it it gets a little bit further, and he has this theory that her sh- sh- her ship was going to intervene with this, this other ship. The so I don't think we'd heard about it before this episode. But it was a ship that was leaving the phoebe station which was the the big sort of thing where i was like oh right okay we, we know about that mm. so all, all these things seem to be tying in with each other and his theory is that this ship was going to intervene for that and whatever all the bloodshed has been for it's been for whatever was on that ship
1: yeah which makes you question what on earth is on it
0: hmm yeah I adds to the mystery which is really nice well there's a lot of good things throughout his investigation on this episode there's a fantastic scene with Jared harris when he's at the... Uh, what I was thinking reminded me a lot of Blade Runner. He's eating he noodles at this little sort of... You know, just walk Shuck. up and sit. Yeah. Kind of place. Yeah. And they have this great scene where Jared Harris offers him... Oh, this is the guy who stabbed your partner. I say stabbed. Skewered probably is a better term. And he essentially offers this up. And it, I like the relationship they're building with him. And he's clearly... He's clearly got goals. He, he has an agenda.
1: Ulterior motives.
0: Ulterior motives, yes. But he, he's playing it in a very sly, I'll help you. It's almost, um, I'm trying to think of a, another example of this from another character, because there's definitely another example. You know, almost like a, we don't know for sure yet if he is less evil, but it's kind of like a less evil Lex Luthor almost. Where he's, yeah, we have like a, a,
1: a public persona yeah.
0: of
1: friendliness and genuinity. Yeah, I thought sure that's a word, but
0: yeah, and he, he claims that he wants to know more about Julie because she was one of them. Which again, it's the first time someone's just flat out confirmed that she was working with the OPA. It's been very danced around up until this point. Yeah, uh, I, I thought that was a really great scene in the way they were playing off each other. Jared Harris is a really good actor. He's he's great for these kind of roles.
1: Yeah, so and that he, accent still.
0: Yeah, yeah, the accent. A uh, lot of effort he's put into that. So
1: that's really impressive because I was obviously we got a comment explaining it a little bit. Yeah, and exactly. I was listening in for it, and I can pick up bits of various accents in it now.
0: Yeah, the the idea here with the accent is that he is that some of the belters have this like mix of accents because it's developed over time from all the different yeah. people that have that have went there. So it's a it's a real hodgepodge. So it's not a real accent. It's a it's just maybe be a mix of lots of different things, which I can only imagine is hard to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's almost like because you're jumping from one inflection to the next in various yeah. words. That are completely different to what you would normally do
0: yeah so so credit to him he's, yeah. he's trying his damnedest so I, I really like that scene i enjoyed the scene at the start when he goes to see havelock in the hospital and yeah. he gets very judgmental when the, the prostitute steps out and I, the line of dialogue i believe that was cringe well not not in a it was a bad line just in cringe well and oh that makes it. Situation really awkward. It's like, oh, tell me this was a present. I could get well present for yourself. <laughs> you know, yeah. It doesn't even say she it says this. Tell me yeah. this was a get well present for you. And uh, incredibly awkward. And he, he it, it's like he's trying to like look out for him in his own way, where he thinks, oh, she's conning him. He doesn't understand the way this works. But you know, Havlok does seem to have an actual connection with her.
1: Yeah, and obviously, as he leaves the room, he looks back and sees them talking. It seems very genuine and heartfelt.
0: Yeah. It's almost like he's just not built to accept that this could be a real thing. Like he's he's too cynical, he's too jaded. He's yeah. He's grown up here, and the the lessons of that of maybe rubbed off on him too much. Yeah. So, and of course, the, the story. You know, the, the, the fake rat comes back into it there was like data hidden in the fake rat from uh, Julie's apartment which he goes back and get. He tracks that down after the conversation with the guy so there was all, a lot of detectiveing when he goes into that place where all the the back room was where the guy who like did all this tech stuff was hmm. that was when it felt the most noir to me the way he comes in and he asks the guy and the guy kind of brushes him off and he just grabs him and he's like
1: yeah yeah and he's like uh, right come on we, know, we both know what's going on here.
0: Yeah, he just demands the information. I was like, oh, this feels like a proper noir now. It is, especially with like, the long
1: coat and the hat. Yeah, the hat especially, yeah. The hat especially, but all, all of it together, he, he kind of is straight out of a noir, just it's space. Yeah.
0: So, no, nah, uh, lot, a lot of little, little bits of advancement there, which I really liked. We get a little bit more of the, the Star Helix precinct as well. The way it's like, well... The OPA kind of are a political group, so we're not really supposed to do anything with them. It could be seen as like an act of aggression, kind of thing. But luckily, this guy who skewered Havelock isn't technically with them, so if you see him, shoot him on sight. Yeah, it was basically the message, and it, it gives you a sense: oh, we need to show us a, a a a presentation of strength. We need to yeah,
1: like they they came after one of our own, even if he was a rookie and yeah, yeah. who's new, but he was still uniform, one of us. Which feel,
0: yeah, which feels in turn very barbaric. This idea that the police have to show strength and like vengeance, because it, 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 it almost it's just another gang.
1: It is, yeah, yeah, but
0: they're just paid for it. <laughs> They've paid for it, yeah. Hey, gang members are paid. It's all drug money,
1: but they're paid. Well, well, yeah, but they're they're, they're self-funded. <laughs> true, true. Not not government-funded. <laughs> they're, they're entrepreneurs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Of course, the story ends with some new person we don't know uh, kidnapping uh, Miller with a yeah. bag over his head, and that's how we end the episode.
1: Should be exciting to see what's going on there.
0: Yeah, I, I'm thinking possibly OPA, possibly whoever this tech guy was actually working with.
1: F- yeah, for... I mean, I think the obvious inclination is OPA. Like, oh, maybe he's getting too close to all this stuff yeah. and they're protecting their assets.
0: Although I don't really see that being a, being a thing in the sense where I feel like Jared Harris has a vested interest in him now, so he will want to... Pro- so if it is the OPA, it will be for his protection, I think. Okay. But yeah. if it isn't the OPA, then it could be something else that he's, he's maybe poking his nose into and they're coming after him for that reason.
1: It could be even something just that we haven't actually seen yet, just something that's kind of coming back, because obviously we get the idea that he's done a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah. Not a little subtle thing I quite liked, uh, Just. Like, parallel between the two stories, you see Miller have coffee, and it's almost just like nonchalantly, ah, oh, of course I'm having coffee, oh, whatever. You know, he just yeah. sort of grunts his way through it, and it parallels nicely in the scene in the ship where Holden, like, finds the coffee. And he's like, Where's the coffee beans? I'm having some of this. Yeah, yeah, and it, it does. It, as someone who doesn't like coffee, it's amazing to me in and of itself, but.
1: Well, yeah, but. The coffee itself is not the point here. Of course
0: not. Of course not. I'm just—I'm <laughs> injecting my own opinion here. I don't like coffee. Now, nah, nah, it, it was tea. I'd be all over that. I can drink tea, but I'm not—I don't get excited about it like you do. You're—I oh, get very excited over tea. Mm, nah. Uh, Mountain Dew, though. If he finds Mountain Dew and he's happy about that, I'll, I'll, I'm all for it.
1: <laughs> Look, at least there's a link between coffee and tea. <laughs> Mountain Dew.
0: <laughs> hey, that'd be harder to find in space. Uh, other small things I liked. We we got more, just a couple of character things. Just going back to Miller, his conversation with uh, the, the the female cop that he's friends with, and I use friends kind of loosely, kind of they're kind of antagonistic, but they obviously have a history. And the, the way she expects, oh, he's just doing this for a payday because he can, you know, the rich daddy, and that's why he's doing it. But then he sort of like, he, he shuts the door and he like, no, this is what it's about. This might be really important. This might be related to everything that's going on right now. Yeah, and again just little character tidbits and then likewise the stuff we learn about julia the way that he kind of assumes oh it's just a rich girl trying to get back at her dad and that's what the other guy thought as well but no it's not really that she really cares she's really
1: oh. yeah it's something real
0: yeah uh, which makes her more interesting as a, a character and she's not really a character she's kind of a plot she's point. almost
1: a plot device it's the only thing that makes her a character is that we have had something with her
0: yeah but it's working more because they are building up to be more interesting even if she is already dead it's kind of like but she cared about this and if it's linked to everything that's going on what did she know what was she involved in and it builds that yeah
1: and it makes it if 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 we do get a reveal that she is dead it will have some emotional weight as well because we got a sense of who she was at least even if we never met her properly
0: yeah so there you go that's episode five of the expanse Uh, Still really liking it, we're of course catching up one per day, so look forward to the review of 6 tomorrow. Thank you very much for watching, let us know what you thought of this one, like and subscribe and all that stuff. It helps us out a lot, and there may or may not be an outtake after I say goodbye, so thanks for watching guys, we'll see you next time. Uh, The rest of the episode of course is Willis on C-Res, doing more more investigating, and it gets a, a little bit somewhere. We also see him, sorry, did I say Willis?
1: You did, I was just questioning, I was like, Willis? I was like <laughs> scanning. It's like, what the hell's Willis? Where's that come from?
0: <laughs>
1: I was, I was literally just scared. I was like, hang on, have I forgotten his name? I swore it was Miller. And then, but before I said anything, I was like, I'm going to check the list next to me. I just got to it, and you stopped yourself. <laughs> Where the hell did Willis come from? I don't <laughs> know. What made it is your your realization. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> we just got. Sorry, I just say Willis. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! All
0: right, I'll, I'll start that. Again, all right? all Please. Right.